So John is in prison. Predictable, really, for a guy like that. Last week he was out in the wilderness baptizing people and readying folks for the coming of the Messiah. And who was the Messiah? Well, first of all, no one thought that the Messiah would be God. Not John, not anyone. Jews are pretty crystal clear about this whole one God idea. Messiah means anointed. They were waiting for the person anointed to overthrow the powers that be. For Jews at that time, the Messiah would lead the battle against the Romans. There were dozens of would-be Jewish Messiah figures on either side of Jesus in history, and all of them died in the same way Jesus did, and no one ever thought they were God. John was in the wilderness baptizing people. Some Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jordan's banks to be baptized. These folks were known to be pretty comfortable with the Roman rule, profiting off of it, colluding with the empire. John yells that they are a brood of vipers. Not something I've ever said to someone looking to be baptized, to be honest. John says he's just baptizing with water, but with unfettered rage adds that the anointed will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Emphasis on the fire. He says that anyone who doesn't bear fruit worthy of repentance will be thrown in the fire. Then he says the chaff will be separated from the grain, and you guessed it, the chaff will be thrown in the fire. A simple man with limited metaphorical vocabulary, but he's made his point. John knows what is coming until he doesn't. So a lot of time has passed between last week's story and this one. In the meanwhile, Jesus has gone to John to be baptized. And though John clearly has a sense of Jesus' importance, You can tell that he doesn't line up with the kind of person Jesus is right off the bat. John says, no, 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 no. This is all wrong. You are the one to baptize me. You're the authority. You don't want to show this kind of weakness already. John's got a point. We like our leaders humble, but the fake not actually humble, kind of humble, yeah? We like authoritative, charismatic geniuses who humbly pretend not to be authoritative, charismatic geniuses, right? John says, you're you're going about this all wrong. But John relents to this embarrassing start for the Messiah campaign, and then Jesus just disappears, He goes and spends 40 days in the wilderness. Over a month later, he reappears, moving from town to town, teaching, touching the worst sorts of people, and no battle, no fire in sight. I kind of like to imagine that John then takes it on to himself to go and face the powers that be that Jesus isn't doing. And he starts 
by confronting Herod, the local governor. It's always like that with people like John. The Messiah is coming, get out the body armor, round up the militia. He ends up in prison and is going to be beheaded. Like I said, a little predictable. Now we're finally to today. While John's behind bars, he sends his disciples to find Jesus, this person who held all of his hopes and dreams. And he says, are you the one we've been waiting for? I don't know how you read that, but for me, it's one of the questions in the Bible most full of disillusionment and pathos. John says, this is it. I'm about to die, and I had everything on the line that you were the one to come. Was I wrong about you? Advent is the season of waiting. Waiting looks a lot of different ways. I mean, there's waiting in the momentary sense, something to make light of almost. My inability to not give away presents as soon as I purchase them, right? Patience as a virtue that no one likes to hone. But Advent's waiting is deeper than this. Advent's the season where we spend the darkest days of the year contemplating who we are in these stories of waiting that persist far beyond Advent. The waiting that's a part of all our growth. The slow process of noticing a life that is beyond what we know. Jesus says, Among those born of women, none are greater than John the Baptist. But it was from the confines of a cell that John began to see the whole world for the first time. This is from Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet, it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability, and that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though today you could be today what time that is to say, grace and circumstances acting on your own goodwill, will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you, and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. In some way, we are all John the Baptist waiting for God knows what. In a world that rushes to define the Advent life is the one willing to see a kind of reality beyond the one that you've rehearsed for so long.
I answered John with poetry, and Jesus answered John with poetry of his own from Isaiah. Isaiah said, Imagine the world where the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame leap like deer. The coming of the Messiah will be like the desert blooming, a level road through the mountains, a spring welling up from the parched ground of your soul. Who can say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be?